I'm Adam from Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Longbox Edition, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy, brought to you by the Gunna Geek Network. Bringing you the latest nerdy news and geekdom, here are the hosts of the show. Anthony. No pants, all bacon and dick butts. Naki. Anthony, you need to get laid. Willie. I don't need boobs to like a movie. Chris. So when Chris doesn't know how to transition to a new topic because he's flustered, he just hits the button on the soundboard. And sometimes some special guests. As Magneto once said, Ha ha ha, welcome to die! If you're a kid and listening, you rock and your parents are awful. A brand new ATGN starts in 3, 2, 1. Only the intro is just a little misleading this week because we don't have Willie. Willie's sick. So Willie's not here. So send your Willie positive. Is hungover. That's Let's what we—that's what we assume it is—is is that Willie is hungover. But we're not a hundred percent sure on that. So feel free to tweet to him at South Porky, and uh, see just how hungover he is. That's the plan. It's right a pretty now. good bet, though. I mean, yeah. just the, just his description of what what he's going through says hangover to me. It does to me, or it just could be he had to go drinking because evidently looking on Facebook, his girlfriend keeps trying to bring home a cat that he is vehemently opposed to and fight the good fight for some of us, Willie, because not all of us get to win that fight like this guy. I lost That's that true. one. Now I have a cat, evidently. Well, it's better than having two cats. Ugh. I'll give it time. Cat? No, no. Cats are dicks. There will be no more cats. Well, yeah, of course cats are dicks. Can you? S- oh, no. She's not up there. There was a cat that was sitting directly behind me and basically, she stalks my life because anytime that I'm here, because she knows I'm allergic to her, so she follows me. Mm-hmm. All animals yeah. do that to me. They can sense it. Sense that, that you don't like them? them? They can sense that you're allergic to them. Oh, yeah. And it makes them want to touch you more because they're all assholes, really. I mean, Logan's a good puppy. He's a good dog. Hey yeah, guys, see, dogs just do it because they want attention. Cats do it because they're assholes. Yeah, all cats are some, possessed by tiny demons. Want to hear some uh, amazing news that has nothing to do with animals? Oh, let's hear it. It's the one-year anniversary of Wing Wobbling. <laughs> now you're gonna have to fill people in who might be new to the show or have forgotten what Wang Wobbling is. So please fill them in, Naki. Okay, so uh, exactly a year ago, yesterday. Um, Chris and I made a band. It's an ATGN cover band. We did. <laughs> and uh, it's called Wang Wobblin, and we discovered 13 tracks in which all of them had to do with bacon. And uh, I have the track listing <laughs> right here. It is true. It, it is called Wang Wobblin, and it is the ATGN cover band. And literally, there's, what, 13 tracks all about bacon. Yep. Uh, the first one being the essential bacon. Uh, track two being bacon log. Track three being making bacon pancakes with the Hoff. Uh, just one second. I gotta scoot over to the next picture here. Track four was no bacon for Tim Tom because we wanted to call it the ballad of Tim Tom at first, but realized there was no bacon. Yep. Uh, track five was drinking the bacon grease on the internet. Track or six. Drinking ba- yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Drinking bacon grease on the internet. 
uh, track six was of dick butts and excuse me of hashtag dick butts and bacon. There you go. Track seven was today bacon, tomorrow your pants. Track eight. <laughs> track eight. This is one of my favorite ever. Making bacon naked: a cautionary tale. Uh. Track nine was making your ears bleed of bacon. Uh, track ten, there's bacon in my blood. Uh, track eleven, heartbreak, you ate the last piece of bacon. Track twelve, tofu bacon is of the devil. And track thirteen is sexual bacon. Sexual bacon. Nice. Sexual bacon. And ah. since then, uh, we had actually said when when we were creating this band that it would be set to ukulele music. I bought a ukulele! <laughs> so what I'm hearing here is Naki needs to get to work on the tracks of Wang Wobblin. You need to actually write the lyrics to the songs now? Well, they're cover, they're cover songs. It's kind of like Max Sabbath, only more terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is us talking about doing music, so it is inherently more terrible. Yes. Yep. Well, we're going to take these songs and they're going to they're actually cover songs of uh, somebody else's song, so like Sexual Bacon is Sexual Healing, that sort of thing. And we're just going to replace the word healing with bacon. I like this plan. I like it a lot, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, stay tuned for uh Series 2 of Wang Wobblin? It's amazing the things we remember because of Facebook's damn, hey, one year ago, and you read it and go, son of yeah. a bitch, we meant to actually do something with this, but we didn't. Yep. Well, now we can, because it'll be amazing. Uh, and... Flash forward to a year from now, where we go, oh shit, we were supposed to do a cover band group of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and boyfriend can actually play this, whereas I can play three chords right now, and uh, because I've only been playing for a little bit. but. So what you're saying is we need to bring him in to do the music, and you can do the vocals. And so you you got it. You can do the rap breakdowns. I can do... You want me to rap? <laughs> yes. You do the rap breakdowns. Pause and think about great. that for a second. Although I still remember all the words to forgot about Dre, but I think most people do, because you can never forget about Dre. Did you forget Dre. about Dre? I did, did for a second, him? and I felt bad. And I promptly made myself not forget. But then I realized he's got a crap ton of money because he works for Apple now. That's true. The uh, <laughs> boyfriend discovered a few weeks ago, actually it was a couple months ago at this point, that I remember all the words to ba wada ba And um, I can sing that like on a dime and it's terrifying. <laughs> I don't even remember what that is. I'll be honest. It's a kid rock song. Kid rock. Ba -ba bang da bang diggy diggy Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> And this is one of the questions that... Not, not that. Fair use alert. Fair use alert. <laughs> it's such a stupid song, and yet I still know all the words. I know all the words Ooh. to a lot of songs that are really fucking stupid. We have a suggestion for another track. It would appear in the chat room, oh. as uh, Wesley has said, raining pigs from the deep-fried skies. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> that sounds good. It's also making me hungry. <laughs> so what, we're we gonna pause the show and come back after we have bacon. I I need I need bacon at this point, but yeah. I have muffins instead, which is not bacon. Dude, no. you could make muffins with bacon in them. That's yeah, true. Yeah, but I, make bacon are, and put it in the muffins. These are muffins that we went to uh, a place called Sweet Tomatoes yesterday. I don't know if you guys have them, but no. it's basically mm -hmm. a healthy buffet. Like, it's a salad bar and soup, and, like, they use all organic stuff and whatever. Well, they also make muffins, and they make these very delicious coconut muffins, 
and we may or may not have lined a bag with plastic and <laughs> nice. It sounds counterproductive though. A healthy buffet? That's like it's, an oxymoron. It's wonderful uh <laughs> because we're we we are trying to eat healthier since I am uh not wanting to gain weight during this injury recovery which I'm still running the marathon. Don't let anybody fool you. What? It's still happening. Um so uh the uh uh, so the point is, is that I'm trying not to eat as much fried food, but prior to that, on Friday night, we decided to binge on Popeye's chicken, which Ooh. is totally the same as eating ha- healthy food. Ooh, that sounds <laughs> so good. We're getting a Popeye's chicken here, and it's going to be the first time I've had a Popeye's uh, around yeah. me in like oh, wow, 10 you don't years. Have a Popeyes? No. Boise's uh, got like nothing. Boise's backwater is shit as a state capital. Even we have a Popeye's chicken. <laughs> I got KFC, but it's not as good. But they're literally no, building yeah. the Popeye's chicken like a block and a half down the road from KFC. All of our KFCs <laughs> closed, but we All still of have our one. KFCs Popeyes. are disgusting. Well, most KFCs are disgusting because when you go and think about it, as good as fried chicken tastes, it's really disgusting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we get the we get the spicy tender box, uh, and we got the family pack for just the two of us because we were really hungry on Friday night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the original series because boyfriend got me that for my birthday and ate Popeye's chicken and it was a night. Which and yeah, and that was a cool that was a cool looking box set. Well done, boyfriend. Right, he did really well. Which I could grab it. It's right over there, but I'll give it later. Phrasing? Are we still doing that? <laughs> you know. She's gonna grab the waggle crotch later. So I'm seeing I'm gonna the grab the box of uh, stuff that's uh, over there. Okay, so looking at the chat room, I see Steven says that Canada quote ain't have Popeyes, and Suncast says KFC is awful, and I think I have to agree with them. And we have another track suggestion. It's called Knocky in the Sky with Bacon. Oh my God! <laughs> oh, there we go. Thank you, babe. Are we writing these down? Waggle crotch has has brought this over. <laughs> Oh, you put it back in the box? Because uh, yeah, because I don't want it to get destroyed by cat. Because cat oh. is asshole. So, Fair enough. Um, I'll I'll take it out. But it's a tur- it's the turtle bus, and it's filled with DVDs of the original series, all ten series seasons, and the bonus episodes, which is really super weird, is the second series that they made the the ninth the late nineties season, and. Uh, it's out is of it order. Is What? Is it the first CGI one, or was that Turtles in the Future? That was uh, Turtles in the Future. Okay. Not, They've done so many now, it's hard to remember which series is which. So the real yeah, question so... is, did you get the American intro on that, or the British intro? Because they were not allowed to call them Ninja Turtles in England, so they were Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, and you can see the no, redubbed it's... animations and stuff. It is. It is the American version. So it was this... too violent to be a ninja. Thank God. See, it's a little truck. It's the it's the turtle truck. It's and the turtle wagon. Bam! All the DVDs. That is a lot of DVDs. It That's is. an awesome box set. And it the the truck actually does roll, but I can't. But yeah, the wheels move. That's awesome. So uh, when we move, we're going to have a turtles and pizza night, and everybody brings a pizza. And we all watch Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I like this plan. It's quite solid. I like the super cool box sets. I want the Dexter one and the Breaking Bad one that's a, a barrel of like the chemical they use to make the meth. Um, I saw that one live in person, and it isn't as cool as, as 
as it looks in the pictures. And uh, I could Breaking be wrong. Bad one? Yeah. The Dexter um, one they did too, and I'm not sure which one's cooler. One of them is the 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 mannequin splatterhead that mm-hmm. Dexter used for testing blood, and the other one is made to look like his slide box. I like the slide box one. That was the one that I wanted. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want both. But yeah, they're way too expensive to get both. <laughs> also, then you'd have two full series of Dexter. Yeah. Isn't it still on uh, Netflix anyways? It's on Netflix and on um, Amazon. Is it back on Netflix? Because mm-hmm. they took it off of Netflix for a while. Nope, it's back. Is it back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that last episode, I do love that show. <laughs> that, that whole last season was pretty meh. It, like, it took they, a hard turn there at the end. <laughs> they honestly could have ended it with the Edward James Almost series uh, season. They could have ended it there. That was that the one was with seasons. Colin Hanks, right? Yeah, Colin Hanks and Edward James Almost yeah, was in it. Those two together on that season were fucking spectacular. God damn, sure. that was some good acting. There was so Colin crazy. Hanks was scary. <laughs> Colin Hanks was really scary. <laughs> Which you don't expect. It's like it's Hank, it's one of Hanks' kids. The other thing scary you expect is that the the bad rap from the other older brother. The the That's best scary. the best season still is the John Lithgow season. Mm. I've never seen the show, so I'll take you guys at your word for it. Oh yeah, dude, it's it's John Lithgow calling back to his uh, Ricochet days. Yeah, he's straight creepy. up insane. He was so good on that show. He was insanely good, and I wasn't expecting it because I really I knew him from like Footloose and Third Rock from the Sun, so I didn't really like know him as crazy dude, but holy shit, he pulled off crazy dude oh, so really well. You hadn't grown up watching movies like I had with Ricochet and Raising Cane and stuff back when he did almost slasher films in the 80s? Nope, didn't know him. See, I'd seen all those, so I thought it was funny when he started doing Third Rock yeah, but, and all of a sudden he's doing Anthony, comedy. we were children in the 80s. We yeah, don't get to watch yeah, a lot of slasher was, films when you're five years old. I was you born in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking children. <laughs> Are you wearing a cookie cat hat? No. Oh, okay. Spider-Man. I thought it was. It, it looked so. I only saw like the shadow of it, and it looks like you were wearing cookie cat. And I was like, cookie cat. He left his whole family behind. But I was like, wait. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I was either. gonna say Anthony it doesn't is. watch Steven Universe, so that it would not make sense. Funko Pop Spider Man. Okay. So seeing as we're about 15 minutes in the show, I don't know, should we actually start doing some of our actual bits and talk about bacon soundtracks? <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I, I kind of want to write... Talking about bacon? True. I kind of want to write Raining Pigs from the Deep Fried Skies right now, but I don't... <laughs> it's not a bad like, idea. I'm trying to figure out... Hmm. So the real question is right now, do we care enough right now to do a Pokemon Go, up this, go update this week, or have we I stopped play. playing? I didn't play. Not even gonna lie. All right, Not people. Really. Here's your quick update. I played Pokemon Go for 20 minutes and then promptly forgot about it for the rest of the week. Naki didn't play it, and Willie <laughs> isn't here to say whether he played. So, Anthony, did you play? I actually used an egg yesterday. I saved up 720 Pidgey candy and 60 Pidgeys and evolved fucking 60 of those bastards in half an hour to go up to halfway through level 23. And that's about all I've done. And that has been your Pokemon Go update. It's probably the end of that bit because we seem to have stopped playing it so much. <laughs> it needs, there needs to be something to, to make me want to play at this point. Like, well, yeah, they need to quit putting in crappy patches. Supposedly the location stuff works better now. They, well, I, I don't know. Like, 
there's nothing, there's no, like, events that are happening that make me want to be like, oh, I should go play on this day, because on Saturday they're going to drop us Lucky Eggs, like, exclusively at the Pokestops or whatever. Like, something to make me want to play, because right now I'm just kind of like, yeah, I really want to catch them all, but it drains my phone's battery and the location thing doesn't work, really, so, meh. It's a shame. So is it the beginning of the end for that, or is it just the beginning of the end because we're old and don't get it anymore? Also, a little yes. bit of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I see in here, uh, Suncast used an egg a couple of days ago to get 71,000 XP to get from level 23 to level 24. There you go. So yes. Suncast is just a little bit ahead of me. I am still level 11 or 12. I cannot remember which. I'm level but, 16 or 17. something. And like then that. I evolved after I did all the Pidgeys and I was level 23. I evolved, I think... 16 or 17 EVs because that's how many fucking EVs we have around my work. Yeah. Because I had enough to evolve 16 or 17 of them after I got enough candy. I have a lot of Aporeons right now. So Suncast brings up a point that I thought was going to be a problem with this game. He goes, it's such a grind though, getting, and if you aren't getting enough new Pokemon, it's kind of meh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a grinding game. Naki's right. That's why you need that thing, that spark of interest so you don't feel like you're just grinding all the time. Cause it's just fucking pidgeys and rats, and I don't care about them. Well, if you've if got you were, if you've got like a good community around you of folks that are wanting to play in like groups and do stuff like that, that might help some. But if yeah. you're just like it's you and you and a couple other people are just wandering around hunting Pokemon, it's a total grind fest. It is, and it's just like you capture the the pidgeys and the rats, and you automatically transfer them. You don't even put them in your in your box anymore. You just automatically transfer them because fuck it, like. What's the point? There's no point. And they're not any good in the in the gyms. You still have to catch the rare Pokemon, so use them in the gyms. So we're just going to have to wait and yeah. see what it is they put out next as their enhancement for Pokemon Go. That hook to kind of keep people in there. Yeah, they better do something. Assholes, so what they need to stop doing. Well, what that do you mean too. in this case by stop being assholes? Well, I guess they're permabamming people. Yes, people uh, who are cheating, though, is my understanding, who are doing, like, GPS spoofs and things like that to put themselves in places oh, where they okay. are not. Like, I, was, I thought that they were doing it because of the Pokemon, what is it, Emerald? Uranium? Uh, where there are people who are developing, like, basically the same game, but it's a better version of it. <laughs> I had heard bits and pieces about that, but I don't know how linked it is to Pokemon Go. I don't know much about it, in all honesty, because I didn't read anything on it. I, I read the headlines. I haven't actually gone in and read the articles, but it seems like that they're banning people for developing a game, and I'm like, that's kind of shitty. Now, see, I the have... bands I heard about were people that were like already level 30 who have done a ton of grinding and just have a lot of really high CP Pokemon, and they were going around and taking gyms, and then like the four or five people that were in the gym that got kicked out would uh, write a complaint about that player, and the players were getting banned for two weeks with no... Nothing, just because people complained about them and filed basically grievances, and Niantic was banning them. Even though they hadn't cheated, they just happened to have higher level Pokemon. Which is the point. Yeah, and so literally just if enough people were complaining about your account, your account was getting banned. And so there were certain people in certain cities that had stopped attacking gyms because they knew if they took a gym that the five or six players in that gym would just file complaints against them and then they'd lose their account for two weeks. And I know for a fact, like, if I got banned on this game, I would never go back. I'd be done with it. 
Or you can't go back unless you make a new account. And well, it was like it was like a two week ban apparently. Oh, okay, I thought they were permanent banning. So yeah, they weren't permanent banning people for that, but they were saying like, oh, we think you might be cheating, and so they were basically blocking people's accounts for like two weeks, and then letting them come back. So I was I, like, yeah, if I got blocked, I would be done. I look in the chat right now and I see a comment from Steve, and he goes, "I remember a time Naki read a headline for ATGN from the Onion." Good times. Yep. <laughs> Go team awesome, but guess what? I'm not the only one who's done it, so there's that. There yeah, is that. but you did do the best one. I, I firmly believed it, and no one corrected me. <laughs> That's because I had to furiously Google to make sure you weren't actually right, because I was but like, no this can't be. no one corrected me for, like, months. It was months. <laughs> well, then it just became, then it became part of the, the shtick. one. <laughs> for those that don't remember uh, a nice flashback moment here if you haven't like heard the back catalog it was in year one or two where uh, Naki had read an article that Ryan Reynolds was going to be Batman <laughs> and Naki had severe issue with this and the rest of us went wasn't that an April Fool's Day joke <laughs> yeah for months they let me believe it <laughs> and the best one was when she started talking about it I go Hey, Naki, go look at that article. Pull it up. She's like, okay, I'm there. I'm like, what date is that? She's like, April 1. Ah, fuck. fucking <laughs> <laughs> dicks. Yeah, at least the one that I did was resourced later and had a posting date of like August 30th. <laughs> and the source article was April 1st, but I didn't see that. Look, it was just some good comedy because it's not every day that someone bites on an April Fool's Day joke. That's why I hate Rachel. April Fool's Day. I refuse to read anything on April Fool's Day. I go Day. to Think Geek on April <laughs> Fool's Day because they turn half those products into real products and it makes me laugh. That's true. Some That's of those, true. yeah, some of those turn out nice. Wasn't Got Pokemon them. Go one of them? It could have been at some point. I don't remember. Maybe. But we are almost a half hour into the show, so it's probably time we you know do news and stuff like that. So let's do the news why? of the week once I find the bump. Live from the ATG and Studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. So it's that point in the show where we try and find the news we think is the most interesting to share with you guys who are watching live in the peanut gallery or a listener who's listening to the podcast at a later date. And in most cases, it's just because we are strangely amused by these uh, news stories. So I'm going to go first and say that you guys hear about the new peripheral that Ubisoft has made called the Nosculus Rift. What? The (laughs) Nosculus Rift. Well, since no one can pronounce it, no, I'm going to say no, I haven't heard of it. It is the Nosculus Rift now. It is not going to be widely available to everyone, but it has been made to can to uh, tie into an upcoming game they're making called South Park, The Fractured Butthole. And now I have to pause a moment because I finally realized that if you say it aloud and you pause, The Fractured Butthole, it uh, has a different title than what I thought it was originally and it makes me laugh my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> that if it's Nosculus Rift, so that's VR for your nose. It is exactly so, what it is. Uh, they have developed they have developed this tool that we'll only be able to see at conventions and stuff like that, where they're showing off the game that you strap over your face. And if you've played the South Park RPG, you know that farts are magic. So every time your character farts, this thing farts, and you smell the fart in real life. And they actually took chemists off and had them create fart smell and stuff like this. So it is no, thank you. The Nosculus no, Rift. It is an actual functioning device, but there is no plans to sell it. It's just part of the press tour. I just think Who it's hilarious. Do you really want to? <laughs> do you really want to go home and put a fart sniffing machine on your face? No, yeah, there's you. a reason they never did Smellovision. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would work for like good things like bacon. Yes, but this yeah, is only, only designed the, only to the do farts. Channels. This is only set up to do fart smells. No, thank you. 
It is limited to just farts. And there is a hilarious video that you can go and find from Gamescom. And it's in the show notes for the show itself. So go see it for yourself. Where people go and test the Noculus Rift while they play the game. And some of the faces they make are just absolutely hilarious. And yes, Steven says this is dumb. It's absolutely dumb, but it's hilarious how dumb it is. Which works for South Park. Yeah, it's a total South Park kind of thing. It is, totally. Um, and uh, if you didn't play The Stick of Truth, I highly recommend it, because it's really fun. I'm really just disappointed in myself right now I didn't catch the play on words for the new game's title. I really didn't catch it <laughs> until I read this article and I went, Fractured Butthole? Oh my god, how did I not get this? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Am I the only one? Did, it, did everyone else get it off the bat? Well, yeah, you said fractured butthole. Yeah. <laughs> like, when, when I saw the trailer and stuff, like, the fractured butthole, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't know what that means. And then I thought about it, and I was like, okay, it's just some weird play on words. And then I read this article, I'm like, son of a bitch. And it all worked, and I don't know why. It's okay. It took me forever to find figure out things sometimes. I don't know one off the top of my head. Yeah, but at I'm least, sure. At well, least Ryan Reynolds like isn't Batman, Reynolds right? Batman. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Like, like Ryan Reynolds being Batman. It took me forever to figure that out, and that's because you all are assholes and didn't <laughs> tell me I was reading from an April first article. So, he, he could do it. He's Ryan Reynolds. He, he can do anything. Could. But that's okay. kind of that was kind of a throwaway news story for me. Here's a real one for you guys. Anyone who likes to use their webcams and is on Windows 10 right now, if you have a fancy webcam like the C920 or anyone that does like 1080p, do not upgrade to Windows 10 Anniversary Edition because Windows 10 Anniversary Edition will break your webcam as soon as it tries to ramp up to HD. It will no longer work. There is, however, a registry edit you can go and do yourself to make it work in the short term. Long story short, Microsoft removed support for the MJPEG and H.264 codecs from webcams because they thought it was a great idea. It was not. And you can read the MSDN thread where they're talking about it and the developer finally realizes... Oh shit, I really screwed up as he's going through there. Because at first he's like, this is a good thing. We're making things great for you. They're not. <laughs> so uh, they have said early September you should see an update that will bring back the MJPEG feature for webcams. And then sometime after that, H.264 should be brought back into play. If you have already updated to Windows 10 Anniversary Edition, just a heads up. There is a 10-day window, I guess, where you can roll back. I do not know how to do it on non-pro versions. I have done it on a pro PC before. And worst comes to worst, there's a registry edit that you can go and find and make a registry change and it gets your webcam working again. I'm not sure how stable it is, but if you're someone like us who uses their webcams once a week and needs them to be HD for their internet TV show, it's kind of bad when Microsoft bricks your $100 webcam. Can you not? That's shitty. Suncast is in the chat. He goes, that dev was kind of a dick. And he was until he realized just how much he'd screwed up. And then he became awful nice near the end of that thread I've been reading. Like, oh, shit, this isn't user error, this is my error, well, fuck. <laughs> it's part of the problem you're going to have with Windows 10 is that if you don't have the pro version of Windows 10, they just force the updates out and your computer downloads the updates. You don't get to pick and choose. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. I need to note that when I build my next computer. <laughs> you want the pro version. And yeah, here's the interesting the pro version. Here's the interesting thing. I have a Logitech C920, which is a Skype certified webcam. It has the Skype seal of approval on it, which is owned by Microsoft. Yeah, the Logitech C920 doesn't work on Skype if you've got the anniversary update of Windows 10. So your Skype certified webcam doesn't work because they ripped out a fundamental codec. Whoops. 
Whoops. Yeah, someone dropped the ball there. There's been all sorts. Of, I'll bring uh, credit to Suncast. He brought it up to us. I want to say on Wednesday or Thursday, and I started reading some stuff on it. And I have now seen like a bunch of tech blogs and sites start to pick up the story over the last two days. Like, oh my god, here's what all you need to know. So Microsoft might actually start pushing a little more and getting this patch out. It is in their dev channel right now, I guess, to try and see how well it works. But it is a giant cluster F. And if you have a Windows 10 PC. Do not take the anniversary edition update if your webcam is something that is important to you. If you don't care, go ahead and take it. I wonder if it's already pushed its own update It's possible. You have 10 days to roll it back if it has. And if you're already past that 10-day window, just do the registry edit. Mm, I'll have to look when I get home. And Suncast does bring up a good point, though, for you, Anthony. He goes, there's no guarantee that Microsoft won't change the Pro version to not allow you to stop updates. That's true. But usually they don't do that because if IT techs are buying versions of stuff, they always use the pro stuff, right? Yeah, but most uh, businesses and stuff like that and government, things like that, they're still on Windows 7. There's a lot of people that are still on Windows 7. That's true. Um, Yeah, I think we're on 7 at work. In the chat room, uh, Mr. President is celebrating because uh, they apparently beat Suncast at announcing this whole thing because... uh, he says, what are you talking about? And I'm sorry, I've got to shout this. What are you talking about? Better Podcasting discussed it two Fridays ago. BP beat Suncast at something. We are celebrating our win. It rarely happens. <laughs> <laughs> They're dancing flip-top heads in Canada just for you, Suncast. I, I also like Wesley's comment up Microsoft's business model. You exist because we allow it, and we will upgrade because <laughs> we demand Excuse me, and you will upgrade because we demand it. That's basically the Windows 10 uh, business model. Them and iTunes. They keep trying to break my fucking podcast on iTunes. Well, iTunes is garbage. That's probably not necessarily all Windows' fault. It could be because iTunes is a bloated piece of shit that should have been fixed years ago and hasn't been. Yeah. Hey, Chris, how do you really feel about it? Uh, I feel the way that most people do about iTunes, that it's garbage. They have way too much stuff crammed into one application, and it's bloated, runs slow, and there's a reason it does not exist on this current computer I have on here because I don't want to deal with its crap. I have not, since uh, two laptops ago, I have not had iTunes on any computer. Because I was just like, nope, 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 nope. That's the way to do it. But that's my uh, funny news and real news of the week. I'll toss it to whoever wants to go next for their news. I should go next because I think Naki's got the the big one that we're going to spend more time on. Okay. And mine's sad. Oh, Uh, Robert Kirkman made an announcement this week that has a bunch of fanboys very unhappy. Uh, When Ryan Otley comes back to Invincible, I think next month, he will be doing uh, 12 issues, starting a storyline called The End of Everything, and it will quite literally be the the end of all things, part one of 12, and it will quite literally be the end of all things, because with issue 144, Invincible is coming to an end. So uh, for those that don't know, Kirkman's had a superhero comic running just about as long as he's been doing The Walking Dead. And kind of the same thing happened there where they did the first five issues of The Walking Dead with Tony Moore, who's a you know fantastic artist, but then he couldn't keep up with a monthly book. And so uh, Robert Kirkman brought on Charlie Adlard, who has drawn uh, The Walking Dead ever since. With uh, Invincible, uh, Robert Kirkman and Co- uh, Corey Walker co-created the book, co-created all the characters, sent a pitch into Image, and the book started picking up traction and doing really well, but about seven issues in, they realized that Corey couldn't keep up with 
you know, the 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 grind of doing 22 pages every month. And so Robert Kirkman brought in Ryan Otley, who is basically, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's just my favorite artist. There's nobody in comics I like better than that's working currently than Otley. He's just fantastic. And over the last 14 years, Ryan Otley has drawn every issue of Invincible except the ones that are coming out right now currently because they give him a six-month break. And Corey Walker, the the originator, came back to do a six issue arc. So yeah, it's just Ryan Otley's a fucking machine. But between the three of them, those three guys have done will do 144 issues, 14 years straight of a superhero comic. And Robert Kirkman announced it and basically said, you know, the one thing about Invincible is they take all the superhero cliches and turn them on their head. And he always kind of looked forward to, you know, when he'd be an old man in 60 or 70 and he'd see, you know, that Invincible would be written by somebody else and he'd be able to read it and go, that's not what Invincible's about, and fucking chuck it and be all mad. That was kind of what he looked forward to, handing off the book to another generation. And then he realized, you know, Invincible takes all the superhero tropes and flips them on their head, and the one thing that we'll never get from Spider-Man or Superman or Batman is an ending. And so it's a very invincible thing for the book to have an ending, and he promised a satisfying ending. So I'm super sad that my number one favorite book on my poll list is ending, but I'm also really excited to see what they're going to do over the next year because it's Otley's going to be able to go nuts knowing that this is the last time he'll draw Invincible. He'll probably take a break from superheroes for a while. No no telling what he's going to do next. But, yeah, knowing that he's got one year left on the book and Kirkman's you know going to be cranking out crazy-ass scripts, I'm, I'm super excited to see what they do. And the one upside will be that once Invincible 144 comes out, I can go back. I still need to buy, I think it's issues one through nine, and then it'll be another gigantic run where I own every issue of a steer of a series. So that'll be good. That's actually kind of cool that they're actually giving you an ending. With oh, a solid yeah. ending. Go out on yeah, top it, too before it, it'll it be turns. a superhero book with a, yeah with an actual ending. Because that's that's usually my biggest gripe with doing you know, reading the big two is that you never actually, nobody actually dies. Nobody actually ends. It's just, yeah. Well, the way it's been put to me is that all superhero stories are second act. You have the, the origin story, which is act one. And then every book they put out every month is act two because you can't have act three where it ends. Cause then you're not selling the book anymore. And so that's why, yeah, Marvel and DC, there's no act three. There's no ending. Well, they could, they could end it and create new superheroes. But that's yeah. asking a lot. Yeah, which I mean, and occasionally they've done that. But yeah, it's it's something where it's not really in the business model for publishing comics. And so yeah, like Kirkman said, which I I hate it because when I listened to the interview with him, I completely agree, and it makes utter and complete sense that the most invincible thing to do would be to write a satisfying ending to a superhero comic, because you don't see those very fucking often. They are few and far between. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be a hell of a, a hell of a collection when you put together 144 issues over 14 years. Like, that's a hell of a long story. And it's I might been a, start reading it then. It's been a fucking fantastic story so far. Isn't it yeah, on Comicsology's Unlimited All You Can Eat buffet? Like the first eight or nine trades or something like that. It might be. I don't know because I haven't tried their their subscription thing yet. But even if it's not, like, there's nobody I know that's went and picked up the first the first trade has been unhappy with it. So it's, it's a damn good book. And the best thing too, is um there was a, a huge kind of people really noticed when Charlie, when uh, Tony Moore left the walking dead and Charlie Adlard came on because it was very different art styles. And so it was kind of a train wreck issue when they flipped between the two of them. 
Ryan Otley, one of the most impressive things he's done, when he took over with issue 8, he drew issue 8 and made his art style mimic Cory Walker's. And then over the next three issues, he transitioned it art-wise from Cory Walker's style to his own. So most people can't actually tell what issue Ryan Otley started working on the book because he's that good of a mimic. It was fucking creepy. <laughs> That's actually really interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's something Yeah, I've never seen anybody else do that in a book when they took over from another artist was he mimicked the way that Cory Walker drew the characters and then he slowly faded it into his style over the course of like three or four issues. But yeah, when you read it in the trade, like the, the big oversized trade, you can really see it. And it's a really cool thing to see the slight variations that he put in each issue as it turned more and more into his style. I'll have to put that on my list of stuff to go and check out at some point. It might go into the comicsology stuff. Yeah, if, if it's on their subscription thing, I will guarantee you that getting the subscription for one month and reading if it's the first seven or eight trades, that will be worth your price of entry alone if you get to read the first couple of trades of Invincible. Uh, William on a, in the chat room says, a co they, I think a lot of comics could learn something from the business model of Adult Swim, uh, which is an interesting thing. I mean, Adult Swim is kind of weird when it comes to their business model. Invincible is in the Unlimited program. I don't know how many volumes of it are, but I look at the the panel they used to introduce it, and I see Invincible on there, Walking Dead, Hellboy, Buffy, Star Trek, Red Sonja, Saga. So there's all sorts of stuff in the comics, yeah, Algeo Unlimited. I'm That's gonna, some good I'm, stuff. I'm going to toss it out for you. If you haven't read Saga yet, do it. Yeah. There, there, there's that. <laughs> that Saga. also alone would be worth the price of entry to Comixology if you get to read the first trade of Saga. Yeah, I think so too. But, Saga uh, is, 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 is an amazing series. So I don't disagree with you. Naki, what do you got for us today? Um, my news of the week starts and off... fight! Starts off with something very interesting. Uh, Zendaya was cast as Mary Jane Watson. Yay! I'm super excited because I think she's adorable. And I don't she, know who they, she is, so... She was on a Disney show, um, but she has a song that's really catchy that Boyfriend played on repeat because it's called Replay. And so that's how <laughs> it went. And, um, nice. It's a really catchy tune, and she's adorable. And I was like, okay, she could make a really good MJ, I think. But then the haters came out because Zendaya's not white. So, you know, how dare she not be white? Um, so Dan Slott has come to Twitter to defend Zendaya, and it was amazing. So hang on. I accidentally closed it when I pulled up the... Just a quick shout-out for Dan Slott. I know that... Uh... The folks from Oddly Exquisite are supposed to be getting an interview with him this weekend at a con up near them, so I'm sure he will talk about this topic with them. So stay tuned to an upcoming episode of the Oddly Exquisite podcast for more on that. Nice. All right, so the first tweet came out from Dan Slott that says, Heroes and great characters come in every color and they're for everyone. There's nothing about Peter Parker or Mary Jane that has to be white. Tweet two. Uh, somebody replies to him... Uh, Dan Slott, you say this now, but if so, if Luke Cage was cast by played by a white guy, you would consider it racist. Dan Slott replies, that would be racist. Luke Cage's identity is strongly tied to his race. Spider-Man and MJ's character are not. If you are not aware who Dan Slott is, he writes Spider-Man. So, that is all, all, all yeah. of your arguments are invalid. And, and I then, will tell you, he is the best writer of Spider-Man, because I've read every issue that Dan Slott's put out. No one has written Peter Parker better than Dan Slott. And then... 
the topper of the cake, uh, somebody, Danny O'Brien replies to Dan Slott, completely out of curiosity, <laughs> is there such a character whose identity is tied to being Caucasian? And his response was, yes, a brand new character I just made up right now, Captain White Privilege. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good response. <laughs> so, uh, Dan Slott specifically writes Spider-Man. He is a great dude. I've, I've gotten to be his uh, security guard, and I've met him m- multiple times. He is an amazing dude to talk to. He is super nice and he's really, really like gracious to people. Like you don't always get to see that when it comes to your, like the comic writers and people on YouTube and whatever. Like they're not always very nice to their fans. Like they're always like, Hey, yeah, thanks for coming and whatever. But Dan Slott will actually talk to you, which I think is really cool. Um, He's a fanboy too. Like he's a total fan of the whole geek world. He's got pictures of himself he's been putting up on Twitter at the con he's at where someone has a Spider-Mobile there and he's talking about how he's going to steal it and getting pictures of himself in nice. it and it is hilarious. And that's 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 the thing is that like he's a really good guy. So for when people attack him I actually get like almost personally offended because it's like it's Dan Slot. Don't 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 you touch him. So did you guys see what uh, James Gunn had said on the topic? Oh, no, I missed that From one. Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'll mm. read part of it because it's a long Facebook post. And he prefaces a lot of it by saying, People get upset when something they consider intrinsic to a comic book character changes when adapted for film. I get this. There are movies I dislike because I think there's a basic misunderstanding of the story or the character when the comic is transferred to film. I still hate how in the first Batman movie, the Joker was revealed as the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents, for instance. Yeah. That said, I do not believe a character is the color of his or her skin. When Michael B. Jordan was cast as Johnny Storm, I didn't understand the uproar. The primary characteristic of Johnny was not to me that he was white or that he had blonde hair, but that he was a fiery, funny, big-mouthed braggart of a hero. I was happy Mm -hmm. that he was going to be played by one of the finest and most charming young actors out there. Yesterday, a rumor broke out that the character of Mary Jane was being played by a young black woman, Zendaya, and all hell broke out on the internet again. I tweeted that if people find themselves complaining about Mary Jane's ethnicity, that they have lives that are too good. It's true. And he does say he, and he does say he's read the Spider-Man script and all that, but he doesn't remember who he doesn't know who she was supposed to be. But he's read the characters and stuff in there. Uh, he finally went on and said, "I got a thousand or so responses to my tweet. Most of them are positive. Some folks disagreed. They thought the character should look like what she looks in the com- like in the comics, but they were thoughtful. And a handful were flat out racist." Yeah, I mean, there's that. Let's see. Well, and one of the things is too, like Dan Slott, because like Naki talked about, people attack him on Twitter all the time, and most of the time he will respond. Like he's really good at responding and trying to have like an actual conversation with people on Twitter. When the whole thing came up about the Miles Morales Spider-Man thing, I actually went on Twitter and tweeted to him about the whole race of Peter Parker, and you know, really argued with him that Peter Parker needed to be a white character because he never had to deal with racism. And so I said that that was intrinsic to the character and went back and forth with Dan Slott for like a good two hours. And it was awesome because he like fully convinced me that there's nothing about Peter Parker's race that makes him an important character or makes him Spider-Man. So it was awesome because Dan Slott does completely respond to people who aren't just... I mean, he, he responds to people that are attacking, but if you're willing to have a conversation with him on Twitter, he would literally talk to you about this stuff. And it's it, he's, he's a fantastic writer. So, interesting comments come up in the chat room. William said, people are butthurt from the irrelevance of their age and familiarity, which includes race, but not limited to it. It boils down to, quote, these aren't made for me anymore. I think that's a lot of the response you're getting from people. And follow-up, he says, I think black woman Iron Man is kind of dumb, but like a black woman playing She-Hulk, excuse me, 
but like a black woman playing She-Hulk would be choice. Didn't even realize New MJ was black, just thought she was ethnic. Well, yeah, I think it's it's not that she's full African American. I think like one of her parents is African American. I don't know. I, so I, she's mixed, I believe. So here's where the the trade off is for me for movies and stuff like that, where this is the first time these characters are going to appear. Mix it up. I kind of don't like going in there and be like, just for diversity's sake, we're going to shake things up in the Marvel U. You've got Tony Stark as established as Iron Man forever. You can't obviously go and change him to be someone else completely. Changing it up to be someone else is great in the short term, but we all know that's all it's going to be is short term because the next Marvel movie that comes out, Tony Stark's going to be back as Iron Man again. Yeah, just like the Spider-Man is Doc Ock thing. Plus, Which, Chris, can you again, pull up the picture of Zendaya weird. as Mary Jane? If you Google Zendaya Mary Jane, I, they have the picture with her in a red wig. We'll see she what I can does, find. She actually did have red hair for a while there. Or dyed her hair red, yeah, whichever it is. Yeah, if you show that picture, like, freaking Tom Holland hit the jackpot. That's what I'm going to say, because she's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> um, she's She's been a topic of controversy before, um, because she wore braids to a movie opening or something, and it's like, they were like, well, she's mimicking black people. It's like, well, she is black, so she's not mimicking anything. <laughs> that guys, was a controversy? Yeah, you guys can yeah. find the picture on there. I don't have a good way to screen share it right now, because I'm not set up well for it, but it, it's an accurate okay. parallel. Um. But so, I mean, it's not the first time that her ethnicity has come up and it's really kind of sad because it's like it, it shouldn't fucking matter is that. But I mean, it, and in the sense that it does matter in the sense that now little girls who are of color have somebody that they can look up to. And I let's mean, that's be, the thing. Let's, is that, like, there's a lot. That, let's that, also be honest. The people that are complaining are not the vast majority of the Internet. It's the vocal minority that are pissed off about whatever it is you do to change things. Yeah. It, well, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like Ghostbusters, where everybody was like, well, they're making it women, all women to to just be, you know, to just piss off people. It's like, well, not necessarily, because if you actually go and see the movie, it's not aimed at us. It's aimed at the people who have never seen Ghostbusters. Yep. So it's just a new generation of Ghostbusters. So it, it's, it's interesting, but at the same time, it's kind of enraging, because it's like, just let creative people be creative and cast who they want to cast. Like... Leave it alone. <laughs> so I think we can wrap it up with one last bit I see from James Gunn's Facebook response because I was skimming that while we were chatting. He goes, for me, if a character's primary attribute, the thing that makes them iconic, is the color of their skin or their hair color, frankly, that character is shallow and sucks. For me, what makes MJ MJ is her alpha female playfulness, and if the actress captures that, then she'll work. And for the record, I think Zendaya even matches what I think of as MJ's primary physical characteristic. She's a tall, thin model, much more so than the actresses have been in the past. Yeah. Yep. And honestly, anybody can act better than Kirsten Dunst. Oh, yeah, she's terrible. Ouch. No, she's bad. Uh, James Gunn. I'd say, yeah, the defining characteristic of MJ is that she's hot. Zendaya looks hot with red hair. There you go. That That's all you need in the character. <laughs> I'm, I'm not opposed to it. I'm a big Spider-Man fan. I think it's interesting. I don't really care. Just cast good people in the roles. Who cares? Um, again, I'm going to maintain my, my spot of she can act better than Kirsten Dunst. Well, uh, so Naki, my water bottle right here can act better than Kirsten Dunst. Look, it's emoting. Oh. It's emoting. As I shake it, it's emoting. It's sad. It doesn't like being shaken. That's harsh. Yeah, well, it ain't untrue. Go and watch a Kirsten Did you not Dunst see movie. Spider-Man? Did you not see Spider-Man 3? Yeah. Like, come on. God, if it's a Marvel film, you know I've seen it. 
All right, so as we start to wrap up the show, before we get out of here, we should remind folks we are, in fact, part of a network. It's called the Gunna Geek Network. You can find All Things Good Nerdy and a bunch of other geeky, nerdy, awesome podcasts over there. If there's something geeky you like, we probably have a podcast for you there. And if there's not, and you do have a podcast on the topic, come join us by heading over to gunnageek.com slash join. But I guess the big point I wanted to get to is each week we try to highlight one podcast from the network and this week i want to talk to you guys about episode 25 of the in defense of cast it's entitled when art inspires art joined by cartoonist writer and illustrator andy rutten of alley fame and geek chic clothing designer jordan ellis we discuss the concept of fan inspired artistry and the delightfully common ground between those creators and the like-minded fans who appreciate their work so go check that out over at gunnageeknetwork.com it's uh, in defense of one of my favorite podcasts here has a very interesting diverse group of people that come in and out of there just talking about all sorts of different geeky topics so it's well worth checking he also has a really good speaking voice he does i wish i had a radio voice like his or like beefs those guys both have awesome radio voices. really good voices i do not i don't either i have have a yeah (laughs) mine's pretty sweet i got a whiny voice well depending on the voice i'm doing i suppose anyways should we get into what we were into? Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll wrap up the show. It's a tra- <laughs> traditional bit we do called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are sitting here. Sorry, I got distracted. I saw a comment in the chat and it goes, that's like a participant award for you can act better than Kirsten Dunst. I see Steve. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was trying to transition in and I just looked at the chat room and I was trying not to crack up. <laughs> so wrapping up the show, we have a bit called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or anyone listening to the podcast at a later date what the geeky stuff is we've been getting into and maybe convert you to our cause. I will go first because why not? I tried No Man's Sky yesterday. I downloaded it for my PC. Willie talked a lot about it last week. It's the open world space exploration slash survival game. I'm glad Steam has returns because I returned it. It's not that it's terrible. It's just not the game for me. And it didn't really run well on my PC either, which was part of the problem. So I played for about an hour and said, okay, I'm going to make use of the return feature and gave it and give it back it's not bad it's just not for me i like games where there's a set thing you're supposed yeah to there's do. something i'm supposed to do the exploration was fun but as i was playing i was going you know i'm gonna get bored of this real fast and for 60 bucks i don't want to put that kind of money into it because i know i'd get bored soon now if it was like a 20 dollar game i'd have probably hung around for longer i'm glad people are enjoying it i like the concept of it and i really enjoy seeing screenshots and stuff that my friends are showing me of the coolest new thing they've discovered in no man's sky just not my thing i'm glad that other people are enjoying it and people that are shitting all over this game because like oh there's no structure there never was supposed to be guys the game has always been billed as this open world explore and survival did you get to name a planet i think i did i don't even remember what i called it i was Uh, go ahead i was gonna say that's kind of why i didn't jump on it like it's really pretty like everything that i've seen is really pretty but i like structure to my games and so it's not the game for me so for me, what I am going to be playing some of today, because the beta will have downloaded, is they're doing the Titanfall 2 open beta this weekend on PS4 and Xbox One. I'm going to go play some of that when I go upstairs. I really did enjoy Titanfall. Now, it's it's not like the greatest game ever. It's pretty much in a shooter in robots, but the robots Ooh. that smash stuff, so it's really fun. Is the beta available for everybody to download on it PS4? It is available on P- everyone. It is an open beta on PS4 and Xbox One. So go and check that out for yourself. It's Ooh, a lot of fun. I might have to try that then. Yeah, it's well worth checking out. What else? 
oh, I've somehow gotten into a Deep Space Nine marathon right now, and I've been watching a bunch of old episodes of Deep Space Nine while I work on stuff around the house. I forgot how much I loved that show, and I blame Ron Moore for that, because I forgot how much of it Ron Moore wrote. And for those that aren't aware, Ron Moore is also the same guy that brought us the Battlestar Galactica reboot. It's also true. Which is in part responsible for the creation of this podcast. Also, yes. Also <laughs> true. Because Chris and I would not have met if I hadn't decided to watch Battlestar Galactica. That is correct. <laughs> but that's pretty much what it's I, so weird how that stuff works <laughs> i know isn't it it really is that's pretty much all i've been getting into though has been working on some stuff around the house watching deep space nine and playing random video games so naki what are you been getting into um i finished uh the first book of the king killer chronicles by patrick rothfuss uh, i've just finished the name of the wind so now i'm taking a break from that and going back to game of thrones so now i'm in the fourth book i believe it's a feast for crows um i've also been watching teenage mutant ninja turtles because somebody got me that for my birthday because they're amazing and uh we've been on a parks and rec kick um just because that show's hilarious and once you get past like the first season where it's kind of too much like the office and didn't really know what it wanted to go with and then after that it, it really takes off on its own and uh, so we've been watching a lot of the parks of parks and recreation right now um, other than that I've been playing Shovel Knight and uh, sucking at it because it's a platform I was playing Doom yesterday which I super love playing but uh, I don't have the gaming ability like I used to because I don't have I, I can't, with this uh, injury, I can't sit for very long. Um, it, actually, I'm starting to hurt a little bit right now. Um, it's just how this healing process goes. And speaking of that, I'm running a marathon. Still happening. It's going to happen, people. Yay. October 9th is the marathon, but you can donate now if you are so inclined and you don't have to. Um, but it would really be helpful because I'm trying to raise $1,000 for charity. I'm not running this for my health, although it probably is beneficial to my health because um, I do things like eat Popeyes. and um, mm, Popeyes. <laughs> and pizza and not eat healthy. So um, if you go to geeks.link slash supernaki, thank you, Mr. President, for that awesome link, um, you can donate to my charity run for uh, Chicago Run, which is a after-school program for kids who need someplace safe to go and learn how to run and play, and it's just it's a, it's just a really cool idea for inner-city kids. Um, and Wesley has asked me to admit that I'm old. I am. I am officially 31, so I am in my 30s now. I can officially say I am in my 30s. <laughs> so I'm old, and I'm going to run my first marathon to prove to you all that I'm old. Yeah. You're old and I'm ancient. You're one of the ancient ones. <laughs> so, Mr. Ancient One, what have you been getting into? Um, I have been getting into... I was uh, told by um, Will Blankenship in the uh, chat room, we were talking. he was talking about uh, the best issues of comics, and one of the ones he brought up was uh, Invisibles number 12, Best Man Fall, and wanted to read that, and Invisibles was one of the books that I had on my need-to-read list for a while. So uh, I've got Prime temporarily right now, so I went ahead and ordered the first three Invisibles hardcovers by Grant Morrison. So I'm reading through this. I'm about halfway through the first book. As yeah, I had I got had to get myself in the right mindset to delve into a whole bunch of Grant Morrison because man, you got to be prepared for this man's craziness. It's it's epic storytelling, but it it takes concentration. Like you can't read his comic while you're doing something else. Like you got to be paying attention. 
But yeah, I got the first three, and then realized that it's all in a it's uh, four hardcovers for all of them. So I have another shipment coming in from Amazon with the fourth. So I will have the entire Invincible Invisibles uh, series to read. And then knowing that it's Grant Morrison, as soon as I'm done, I'll probably have to go back and start and reread it from the beginning again to have a better idea of what it is I actually just read. Because I find that Morrison, I have to read at least two or three times before I figure out what the fuck it is that he's trying to tell me. I was going to say, Morrison's good for the... The fuck did I just read? Yeah, he, <laughs> Not he's great at that. He's, he's such a good writer. But yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's time-consuming and tough, but it's good stuff. And then um, I got a very sweet package in from the... Uh, the previously talked about Mr. Ryan Otley, uh, his new sketchbook, Violence and Pigtails, and this one is beefy. Like it, it's thicker than that first volume of The Invisibles. Like it's a big ass sketchbook, and just open up some random pages here. It's got some crazy artwork in it. Lots of uh, preliminary stuff from Invisible, from Invincible, like actual the black line art from some of the trade covers. Some of the uh, sketches he's done at cons, just you know, some some beautiful work. And then uh, that book, he added. He always adds in bonus stuff whenever you uh, order stuff from his store. So I got an Invincible number one twenty three, signed by the Ryan Otley. So that's nice to have another one of his books signed. And then he put two prints in with this one. So you got Spider Man taking Venom to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the one that I was really stoked about because he put it up on his Twitter and I said he needed to color it and sell it as a print and he turned around and colored it and put it up as a print and then added it for free to everybody who ordered his sketchbook and it's his fan art from Stranger Things of Eleven fighting the monster in the Down Under and it's fucking gorgeous. It's nice, thick, glossy paper. Like that one's going up on the wall in the new place. And then, speaking of which, um, passed the inspection, waiting for the VA appraisal. But other than that, uh, should be closing on my condo within the next three weeks. So it's set to close on the 15th. Uh, If I'm lucky, it might actually even be earlier, a week or two, depending on when the VA does their appraisal. Um, The sellers agreed to fix the few things I needed fixed. You know, actually have working smoke detectors, which, you know, is kind of a big thing. It's always good to have. Yeah, pass the VA's safety check. And, yeah, once all that goes through, um, yeah, sign a whole bunch of paperwork. I'll probably have to take a day off of work just to go do that, and then I'll start moving. So at some point, I might disappear from here for a week or two, hopefully no more than that. I might just, you know, come back to my buddy's house where I'm staying now and just use the the Chromebook if I need to a a time or two. And then also, uh, from the the fun hat you can see I'm wearing, little Funko Spider-Man, I got my first box from... The Marvel Collector Core, because when I saw, yeah, when I saw this one, I had to get it. So I got the Spider-Man box. It showed up. We got the, of course, pin and patch, both Spider-Man, both really cool looking. And then yeah, they've added in. I like that they're doing the cards now. So this one's got the showing that Doctor Strange apparently is the next box. So good, I can skip the next box. Preliminary for Doctor Strange, and then yeah, they got the little little card that shows you all the stuff that's in the box that you just got. What we was got the pop a figure this time. Spider Man, of course. Well, this yeah, box is no, all Spider Man. I'll I show know, you. Which, <laughs> that's the one but, yeah. I care about. <laughs> we got Amazing Spider Man 16 with a variant pop cover, which I love the little comics that they put in these because they all have the pop covers on them. And then yeah, we got the hat, and then uh, my first fabrication. 
So they did a nice big size fabrication Spider-Man, which yeah, really cool looking box. Uh, yeah, I'm not much for stuffed animals, but this one's really wicked looking. And then this one is uh, Marvel Pop number 160, and it's Spider-Man jumping and doing the thwip. So he's jumping in the air. It's a little easier to see on the side. Oh, nice. He's jumping That's in the cool. air and got the got the the Spider-Man hand motion going. So yeah, that was the the cool pop this time. Which yeah, I guess a bunch of people were complaining because uh, some of the collectors they like they really want two pops in every box. They don't want hats. They want T-shirts. And so I've seen a bunch of people complaining, but it's one of those things. It's like it's random what you get in these. Like you don't get to choose. And I like the coffee cups. And I would never go and buy you know the Spider-Man fabrication. But I'm not mad that I got it. Like it's really cool looking. And I went back and bought the Guardians of the Galaxy one because they did a scarf. Like instead of a T-shirt that that month, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy scarf. I'm excited to be able to wear that this winter. So I think some of the other items they get, other than just a standard T-shirt every month, is cool. Just because I already have like 200 T-shirts, I don't really need that many more. And then uh, one more thing, I'm still trying to push. We got to get a uh, Soldier Stories uh, for Echo Number One. It still needs a little help to get funded. There's nine more days left. Uh, they passed the $1,600 mark. Um, the pledge goal is $2,650, so, I mean, it's not a huge one for a comic, but they're you know, a little bit past the, the 50% way or 50% mark, nine days to go, so a little over a week. So thanks, everybody that's gone and checked it out. Um, if you haven't yet, just go look at it. It's telepathic ninja badasses that have problems with authority. Like, it's going to be a super fun comic, and I really dig the art style, so... I really want to see this one get made because I, I really want it myself. And, yeah, it's over, it's over the halfway point, heading downhill, almost to the end. So just needs a little bit of help if you can. You know, go share it on your social media. Get it in front of people's eyes. See if they want to back it. And that's about it. Cool, cool. Well, that is going to wrap things up. You've heard all the geeky stuff we're getting into. Hopefully we've kind of intrigued you to go and check out some more of that stuff as we wrap things up i did want to remind folks you can find us over at atgnpodcast.com when our redirect is working correctly it is broken today and i'm investigating that after the show uh please feel free to reach out to us on the twitters the facebooks all that contact information is in the show notes and will also be in the episode descriptions we live stream every sunday at 11 a.m eastern over on geeks.live and channel three of alpha geek radio the next show you can see on geeks.live is not Pop X Cast because they did a Saturday episode live on live on location at a comic book store, but would be Monday at 8.45 p.m. Eastern. That is the official GunnaGeek.com show. So go check that out Monday evening. But if you just need some entertainment at any time, though, go to Geeks.Live. There is a constantly rotating channel, or excuse me, constantly rotating video of all of the video content on Geeks.Live. So we're pretty much, we got our own TV station, guys, of all of our content. Yay. So go watch it over at Geeks.Live. Before we get out of here, you guys have any final thoughts or parting oh, shots? Uh, I forgot. I'm going to be speaking at a convention <laughs> on September 17th. You can come and see me speak at Joliet uh, Galaxy Comic Con at the Joliet History Museum. Cool. At nice. 2 o'clock on the 17th. I did a thing. I remembered. She did a thing. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to start getting out of here because, yeah, it's 10 minutes late, so we should probably leave. Bye, guys. We'll you mean see we're you. early. For us, that's early. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, 
and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.